Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Hi, I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also Co-Editor of PW Comics World as well as the Graphic Novel Reviews Editor for Publishers Weekly and the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat, www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer and I write for both PWCW and The Beat. Okay, this week on uh, More to Come, uh, we're going to focus on BEA, and following that, we'll have the news beats by uh, uh, Kate Fitzsimmons. This week, we're going to focus our podcast on uh, comics and graphic novels at Book Expo America, the uh, book industry's annual gathering of uh, editors, publishers, uh, agents, um, distributors. Um, Even some authors. Authors, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, and this year, uh, the odd species that, that that's so frightening to this industry oh in some God. cases, the average consumer. The power readers. <laughs> the power readers, right, yes. yes. So, so there you go. A little bit of everything uh, uh, as far as the book world is concerned. But um, uh, obviously, this is the this is the focal point of the of the year for the book industry. Every part of the book industry is in one place at the J- Jacob Javits Center uh, Convention Center in New York City. Uh, and um, this year, uh, oddly enough, it was a a love fest for BEA. Not always the case. It turned out everybody loved books after all. <laughs> what a big shocker, you know? And uh, and maybe I, the whole industry isn't sliding into the yes. sea well, no, or, t- or the digital I think two sea. years ago the idea of Book Expo was that there would be no more uh, books. Uh, so they were kind of happily surprised to see themselves there two years uh, later. And I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, people had been all doom and gloom for the last two years. And it turned out where most of us still here, you know, few have been lost along the way, but 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 pretty good. And, you know, what's not to celebrate? There's a lot of great books there. Yeah, well, I tell you, uh, it's, the, it's the first BEA I've been to in a while that uh, was startlingly positive, even from <laughs> some of the its most... Uh, tough critics. I mean, uh, Book Expo has been going through a lot of changes. Uh, the book industry, is it, it was it was developed at a time, sometime in the 1970s, when you came to Book Expo to actually, retailers came to actually buy books. There was no internet, so there, people had exactly. to meet and, and be told what was happening. Yeah, there, there, there were no fax machines. Oh, <laughs> there, God, it was I so mean, primitive. You, you had to All go we and, had was books. That's a, there were only books and, and phones, <laughs> and you had to go to talk to somebody face-to-face if you wanted to get something done. Well, no more. And, and ever pretty much since the mid-'90s, uh, publishers have been questioning, why are we spending X thousands of dollars uh, to, to mount, a, mount an exhibition booth, and, and when we do all of this stuff all year round. Uh, that said, the, over the last few years, the, the, uh, um, the, the show has been kind of re-engineered. It's now a weekday show, where, where it used to be a weekend show. Um, the, the programming is actually shrunk, but it's much more focused. They've really tried to make sure that people can actually stay on the exi- exhibition floor. They, they don't want you know, programming taking them off. And yet, uh, we're going to talk about some programming, but overall, uh, from comics publishers that I talked to at Book Expo, they seem to think it was a good show. Uh, yeah, pretty much everybody. Uh, some people said it was the best one in years. Yeah, And, yeah. and uh, once again, I just think it was overwhelmingly kind of just the positivity over booksellers who are... Uh, I mean, the booksellers I talked to are very positive. Yeah, and yeah, the one, one industry figure that I talked to was... Um, 
you know, he said who didn't want to be named, but he, you know, he said, "Look, the way we're going is it's all going to be Amazon and indie bookstores in ten years, but there will be indie <laughs> bookstores in ten years because people already have a choice, yeah. and uh, they, you know, if they want to shop in an indie bookstore, they're going to shop there now, and and you know, I mean, we might see some shrinkage of that along the way, but but pretty much the players are all on the table, mm-hmm. and um, people still like." Uh, some of those beautiful objects, you know? Well, that's for sure. And I'm going to use that as a segue to probably one of the most impressive, beautiful objects, uh, book objects at the show, and that's Anomaly, a mammoth um, 370-page, you know, table-size graphic novel. Yeah, tabletop graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. Created by uh, Skip... Um, let me try to get his name. Bettenheim, uh, basically a Hollywood super lawyer, deal maker, now writer, and uh, Brian Halberlin, uh, well known as a uh, um, comics artist, colorist, uh, worked for Top Cow, DC Marvel. Um, he is the artist for the show. They have both written the script, but this is an event book, to say the least. Well, it certainly looks like an event book. You know, we haven't sat down and read it yet. That's true. So I I do have to put my... But, you know, there was a lot of skeptics. (laughs) After I had breakfast with a bunch of people, and I told them they had to see Anomaly, and they were all a little poo-poo, because the press really sounded a little bit over the top. But after they saw the book... Everybody was snapping a picture. So, you know, it is one of the most impressive-looking books I've ever seen. It's like 370 pages of tabletop-sized graphic novel, and every every panel looks like a Ralph McQuarrie background painting for a science fiction movie. So it certainly looks amazing. They have an incredible program. Yes. Um, You know, uh, it it, it looks great. Yeah. I'll Uh, read. It's an independently published book. Um, You know, in an interview uh, I had with uh, the principals on on the floor in their booth, uh, in the Ingram booth, it's going to be distributed by Ingram Publisher Services, their distribution unit, um, uh, with, with Brian. And they actually had to put together an independent effort to release it for a lot of reasons publishers were skeptical of taking it on everyone wanted a little piece of it but in fact we haven't even described all of the parts of it because the print book is just one aspect of it it's really tied to digital there's an augmented reality app that will yeah. be, be released at the same time and there's a there is an interactive app edition of the book that will also be released at the same right. time and I mean, they've clearly sunk a lot of money into this book. Um, and uh, Brian Haberlin did it with, uh, I mean, it's all digital art. He already has mm-hmm. wireframes for all the characters. So should they, for instance, want to turn it into a animated movie, they already have, like, you know, digital uh, co- co- copies of all the art and everything that can be expanded. So, you know, it's very much... Uh, they've kind of made the movie while they're making the comic, so you know it's a it's a fascinating. Um, and fascinating if the anim- look. and if the animated film doesn't happen, then there's a uh, as I understand it, uh, Joe Roth, the producer of um, what is it, Alice in Wonderland yes, with Johnny yes. Depp. He, uh, he's a film director as well. Is uh, the there is a film version supposedly in development? We'll see what happens with that. Uh, the the publishing structure actually uh, was put together by Bruce Harris uh, for uh, you inside publishing uh, fans out there. Uh, he is he's quite a figure in the business. Uh, a former president of Random House Trade, uh, as well as a publisher of Workman Press. Uh, a few years ago, he retired, but he works as a consultant, and he worked with them to uh, actually to put the publishing plan together. A very experienced publishing guy. They're supposedly coming out with eighteen thousand copies first printing 
we will see. But it, it's a book to watch, and uh, will be it'll be interesting to see how the market definitely responds. I think you know that was the the book of uh, one of the uh, one of the book. I would say this is one of the books to show. The other one. I think we might have talked about last time was Building Stories by Chris Ware. Um, you know, oh, yes, also, yes, yes. You know, comes in a big box. It's actually cheaper. We're $49.99. You get you 14 different yes. books. So, um, you know, that was being 14 hyped. different books? Can you explain how this Yeah, work? I guess we should talk about it. Like, yeah, explain. well, it's 14 different books. It, it's like, not a 14, book. It's a library. It's a library. <laughs> it's all these different little pamphlets in uh, and that comes in a big box, uh, all illustrated by Ware. And some of it's been printed before. I, I believe it was like in his... Um, McSweeney's stories, but uh, it is also the New York Times strip he did, Building Stories, which is mm-hmm. kind of the kickoff for this. So uh, it comes in all these little booklets. It's like, you know, when you were a kid, you had that little golden treasury with all the little mm-hmm. books in it. So this is a, a grown-up modern version of that with depressing stories about people leading desperate lives. So, mm-hmm. you know. It, in some ways, it's uh, if you read the uh, the original um uh, building stories in in the New York Times, and, and you know Ware has a, a really interesting uh, methodology where he's constantly coming up with new ways to deliver narrative to you. It's as if he's uh, kind of created a, a novel in quotations, kind of built out of every way possible that you can deliver a printed story to you, uh, and then deliver it all to you in one box. It's a really clever and really impressive looking um, uh, project, and. Uh, much like the other book, uh, we'll all be waiting to see uh, to see. It. Although we have seen it, yeah, we have, we have, we have seen it, and, and I believe the print run is uh, fifty thousand copies. And uh, it will real. It's very impressive. But I'm telling you, this will be a big gift item for yeah. Christmas. Oh, Just no question about it. You know, yeah. it's definitely something that you will be able to give to people and uh, think that they got a big box so they might think it's a Lego set because the size of that but it's not it's a book by Chris Ware <laughs> but you know what they won't be disappointed no, it, it, no. There, there's really something there for any any serious comics fan yeah, so um, Calvin, what else was hot at at, at uh, Well, Calvin I could was. I could ask you the same thing, yes. uh, Heidi, the Beat McDonald, yes. because you were on the hot graphic novels of 2012 panel, yes, and I it was would. hot, hot, hot. It was hot. I was there with uh, Josh Christie from a, a book chain in Maine, mm-hmm. and because um, now I'm Emily Nussbaum, Emily Pullen from uh, Skylight Emily Books, Pullen from uh, Skylight Books, and uh, Karen Green from Columbia, and Bridget, our own Bridget Alverson, who's yeah, absolutely, frequent. and who also writes for School Library yes. Journal. Uh, moderated, really uh, a panel sponsored uh, and organized by the graphic novel reporter, uh, editor John Hogan. Uh, this has become kind of a, a great panel, annual right. panel at BEA. Now, haven't you been on this panel? Have you been You know what? Panel? I don't think I've ever been on the oh, panel, no. Okay. Uh, I, I go every year. Um, you know, I'm sure maybe they'll ask me one of these years. But uh, th- that said, whether I'm on it or not, it, it's th- certainly become the, the, the panel to be at at right. BEA. Uh, because this year we had what ninety seven titles right. released this year, uh, or, or to be released yeah, so this year. Instead of just doing forecasts, we did books that were. Mm-hmm. We did books that went all the way back to January and February. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it was a fantastic list, and and I have to be honest, it's like following going to a great show like uh, Mocha and then TCAF, which was you know the highlight of my year thus far, and then going on this panel. It's really clear that the breadth of material that's coming out in graphic novels is just so incredible. I mean, you might have a building stories at the top, but then there's like 96 other books that are really worthy of oh, attention. Oh, it's, you know? it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. And just the breadth of them. I mean, things that I will say from walking around talking to people, what is doing well is still kids' comics are definitely yes. the growth category right now. That was told to me by 
everybody. And uh, the other category that is doing well is nonfiction and memoir, which, you know, no surprise there. Yeah. Those are always huge um, categories as well. And great, great books in those categories, um, such as um, Little White Duck, which is a memoir. Yes. Well, yeah. it's actually a little bit fictionalized memoir. Is but it really? Certainly, mm-hmm. as a, I, I mean, it is sort of in the Persepolis mode, let's put it that way. It was another hot book, though, among the librarians, as I hear. Yes, definitely. Be, uh, Learner, published by Learner, is very hot there. Um, and uh, among the non uh, other memoirs, uh, Marble, uh, Marbles, Marbles by Ellen Forney about her battle with manic depression. Um, and Not then, the Israel my parents promised me uh, by Harvey Pekar and J T. Wallman. Um, there's so much. There's just so there's many great so much here. incredible even, stuff. Like we just blasted right through it. You know, yeah. I mean, kids' books that are coming out in the fall of drama. The new Raina Telgemeier uh, yeah, yeah, book is yeah, coming yeah. out. Yeah. Um, boy, just. Yeah. What else? I mean, oh, you know what else is coming out is uh, Saga, which will be the oh, first yes, collection yes, yes. of New Brian yes. on Anna yes. Staples' book. Um, Sailor Twain, oh. uh, you know, talk about nonfiction. Mark Siegel's been uh, yes. doing that as a Mark web Siegel, comic. The, uh, the editorial a, director of For a yes. Second, really oh. coming out with his webcomic to print uh, work up yes, there, you know, about life in the 19th century Hudson. You know, here's a book that I have to say is now eagerly awaited is The Underwater Welder by Jeff Lemire. You yeah. know, he mm-hmm. is very, very hot for his writing for DC right now, but he is, um, you know, the author of the, of the Essex Trilogy, which is a classic in Canada, a classic work of fiction. So, so he's kind of gone back to a little bit, it's kind of a mix, because it's really like a Twilight Zone story. There's a, a, a intro by Damon Lindelof, and uh, it, it, who compares it to Twilight Zone, and uh, definitely some elements of that. But, but um, Kate, you were you were uh, exclaiming at Saga. Are you looking forward to that, or not looking well, forward to Well, I'm it? looking forward to it very much, given that I've read all the issues that have come out yet, and it remains awesome. So, as as you know. most of his works uh, always do. Yep. Uh, we well, should yeah, mention it, really... It is awesome, but it's falling more on the adventure side and less on the wildly depressing side. So if you're looking <laughs> for an exciting... Read. This is this is your it's book. A, well, I just finished writing my uh, essay for our uh, graphic novel announcements, and I called it "Good Yarns" because there's there really go. a lot of good yarns coming out. You know, Sailor Twain is definitely a yarn. I think Saga is a yarn. Um, if I can just throw in really quickly, uh, what is it? Tune uh, by Derek. Uh, that's Kim. another yarn. It's another yarn. Of, uh, you know, with a, with a, Batman, yeah. Death by Design. Oh, yes, a yarn. Yes. Chip Kid is uh, oh, Chip finally Batman his story. very own Batman graphic novel. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, the list goes on. Oh, the um, the manga, uh, Sakura and Blossom, um, Blossoms. Yes. Sakura and Blossoms Wild by uh, uh, Mayo Ano. Yes, you know yes. who you know who else is publishing yarns. I mean, we're just going down our laundry list, but uh, now Toon Books is publishing yarns. They have oh, yes. a trip to the bottom oh. of the world with Mouse, yes. Yes. which is yes. a yarn in in uh, uh, balloons of five words or, or less. But it is nonetheless a yarn. And yeah, what's, what's yes. that one? And really, a, a book that looks so fabulous. I mean, it's just really a recreation of Little Nemo, it seems, in some ways. Uh, the Secret of the Stone Frog uh, by David Nitra. Uh, Toon Books is also sort of uh, upping their game a little bit. They're, they're creating books. Uh, their original uh, mandate was to create books actually for pre-readers. So they're moving up just a slightly older age, and the books are getting just a little, uh, a little longer. Uh, and the Secret of Stone Frog is just drop dead 
gorgeous. Exactly. And, you know, I want to mention one more book, um, The Hypo, The Melancholic yes. Young Lincoln yes. by Noah Van Skyver, yeah. which is a very hot galley at Fantagraphics. And, you know, Van Skyver is kind of known for his kind of quirky indie comics and web comics. Um, this is a full-length graphic novel that is based on young Abraham Lincoln, who was a melancholy fella. Yes. Hello. And, you know, it kind of shows how he finds happiness. And then... Uh, uh, you know, has to struggle like Ellen Forney uh, with yeah. it's, <laughs> depression. It's, it's interesting. This is a season for uh, they, the, for you know books on man books yes, on depression. They, they, yeah, uh, contemporary they and nineteenth century. Yes, like <laughs> approaches to therapy. I guess. Yeah. So um, anyway, just incredibly exciting. And you know, I, I think there was really no major news coming out. Although I, here's a little tidbit. Um, uh, it is kind of funny. I was standing there talking to Eric Reynolds at Fanographics and uh, asking him what's hot. And he said this Flannery O'Connor yes, cartoon yes. book, which he had out on display. And he says, it just stops people in their tracks. And I was talking to him for like 10 minutes. And like everybody who passed by stopped and looked at the book. I mean, it was just, it was yeah. like a comedy routine where he says, oh yeah, watch this. And I, it was just like, it was like librarian bait. And uh, you know, women are like, Flannery O'Connor? I love Flannery O'Connor. I'm like, well, you know, there's some things that you, you're kind of new going in. But still, it's really funny. Um, and the other thing, I was, I was having a chat with uh, Tucker Stone, who works at Burger Street Comics, one of the fine, fine... Um, retailers here in metropolitan New York and he was saying that they ran a, a they ran a report on what books had sold best outside of events and their number one sell on the store was uh, The Influencing Machine by Brooke Gladstone and Josh Neufeld yes and, Interesting. And a book championed a fine by book. Calvin here yes absolutely uh, and then another book that they had sold check out our author in their, profile in their top ten was Winterman which oh. is uh, a collection of an uh, obscure Wildstorm miniseries that nonetheless those who have read it uh, acclaim as one of the best comics of the last decade. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing what, you know, every, there's, there's hand different. Hand selling. Hand yeah, selling does a yes. lot. It is hand selling, absolutely, on a poor book like Winterman. But it also just shows mm-hmm. that, you know, people with different interests can get, can get different mm-hmm. books into the hands of readers. I, I really feel very positive myself. I feel like there's a lot of readers out there. Uh, and indeed, that they are. are there's a lot for them to read. And you know, speaking of reading, Calvin. Yes. What happened when the readers came to Book Expo? <laughs> well, I didn't actually personally uh, talk to too many of them. So <laughs> I heard that there were readers. There, but no there, one there, seen there, them. there. I mean, it was a curious. The I mean, it's a curious. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, for, for those of you who don't know the background of this, the fact is that uh, Book Expo is a trade show, and in the in the most rigid sense of the word, uh, the, most of the biggest publishers, and this isn't true for the smaller prose publishers, but the biggest publishers really don't like dealing with consumers. Mm-hmm. They are used to, book publishing is a business that is a B2B business. The publishers sell to retailers and retailers sell to consumers. Uh, of course, the, the internet and, and Amazon are disintermediating all of that. I was going to say, so, yeah, um, you know, that's a great and, 18th century, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's nothing, nothing make publishers feel more confident than looking backwards. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, in this instance, though, uh, after uh, uh, hue and cry from, you know, everyone basically but the big six uh, publishers, um, they, they've decided to put, you know, not even their big toe, maybe just the tip of their big toenail into the waters, and they basically invited a thousand um, power readers, power slash, readers slash, you know, 
people mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to come. Now, uh, well, wait, some of them had to pay, right? And, and also, some of them did not. All of them, but I, I think all of them had to be sponsored or selected by a bookstore. Like you could get a pass yeah. through a bookstore. It wasn't like you know. I, I mean, if you read all the comments, the publishers. I mean, they were absolutely terrified of. You know, to be fair. Kate, you know, at New York Comic Con, we've all been on the front lines of dealing with the public for years, you know. So, so at the I have to say, the public is not that bad. I know. Well, well, think about it, people. (laughs) That it's us. (laughs) It's you and me. Uh, I talk with one publisher on the floor who shall remain nameless, and he he thought BEA was great this year. He said it's great. We've got traffic. Uh, Asked him about the consumers coming on Thursday, and he says, I don't know. I have. I was in a show in another, for I think in another uh, venue or something, not B, BEA, and they had a they had a public day, and his he said, and it was a freak show. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. you know what, Buster Brown? You know, in Germany, they have the Frankfurt Book Fair, which is the world's biggest book fair, which lasts for, what, a week or yeah. something insane yes. like that? The public is always Absolutely. invited. Absolutely. They have okay. a total public day. It is huge. What's yeah. the other one? Bologna? Which is uh, Bologna. Bologna. They all have, the, they they all have all public have days. They all have public days. So, I mean, this and idea where you can divorce your business from your customers, like the... It's very strange. Oh. Only in, only in uh, traditional book yeah. publishing do you find well, that. Yeah. Uh, so that said, um, yeah, I, I didn't talk to a lot of the power readers. Some of my colleagues did. Uh, they, you know, there were a big chunk that were actually got in free finally. Uh, but it's a strange, a strange bit of business that they're doing there, and we're hoping that over time, actually, there's a day where the public can just like, you know, buy a ticket for a reasonable price and, and come on in. I well, mean. The- yeah. Make some stuff to give them for free. Why is this such a terrible thing? Yeah. Or even sell them things. They yes. will pay you money. Yes. Yes. They, they will sell books love there. To wow. Buy. That could well, save the industry. Well, typically so they don't do it, obviously, because they're afraid of offending you know, r- retailers. Yeah. But once again, well, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of nutty. It's like one week out of the year. It's not well, like yeah. hot, all of New York will buy I all agree. of the books for the year. I agree. Yay. Well, the hot rumor I heard is that they, that, you know, Book Expo definitely was smaller this year. I mean, every year yeah. it's a well, little the, the, the Well, it wasn't smaller in the sense of attendance. It, no, but the it, show yeah. floor. Physical, show floor was probably smaller, yes. are smaller and smaller and smaller. It used to be Random House yeah. had like a gigantic aisle that yeah. went for miles. Now they have a kiosk. Yeah. So, you know, it definitely has gotten smaller. But the hot rumor I heard was that organizers are trying to get it more towards a South by Southwest kind of a <laughs> model. And well, that would have a pretty far to go to be South uh, by Southwest. I you know, it, it's, it's in another galaxy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be interesting to see. Um, yeah, well, who knows? Maybe they can do that. Yeah. But I will say, just a bit of news, uh, I did get a chance uh, um, uh, to talk a little bit with uh, Viz uh, on the show floor with the uh, the, uh, the new CEO, the newly appointed uh, CEO, uh, Ken Sasaki, uh, and he really, they had a whole contingent, um, Layla Acker was there, uh, in addition to uh, Beth Kawasaki, who does Viz Kids, uh, and um, Asumi Washington, also who does the science fiction imprint there, who I'm, I'm afraid to say it because I will... I will. I will. I think it's. I think it's. Hush, uh, no, I'm not no, going to no, do no. it. Anyway, because just I'm read the it. article. We do it, have yes. an article. Yes, we're doing an article, and you'll be able to read it. That said, uh, we're able to talk with the new the new CEO. Uh, a, a little news is coming out of Viz. I mean, obviously they're ramping up their digital releases. Uh, they they are offering about 600 um, titles through the Viz Manga app and through Viz uh, through ViZmanga.com, their online site. 
Um, they expect to have a thousand volumes available by, by the end of the year. Um, uh, 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 Mr. Sasaki was uh, emphasized that to him, the biggest issue in manga publishing now is is simultaneous Japanese and English language publication. Oh, yeah. uh, moving the moving the uh, and and for for Viz, of course, who ended their print anthology, their monthly print anthology, to start a digital weekly anthology that is supposedly. Basically, two the, the material in it is supposedly about a two-week window between when it's published in Japan and when it's released uh, in the U.S. and English. He says they're working out to to close that window uh, as as soon as they can. Um, a third of their business on the animation side is digital, and that includes uh, streaming and downloading. Print, he's not so sure whether print will go that way, but print volume sales, he says, are up, uh, and digital is not cannibalizing it. They also expect in October to launch a new, uh, uh, new Neon Evangelion series that will be published worldwide simultaneously. That's so right. this will be a big manga. Which is event. that's pretty huge. It'll be it's a huge event. Huge because so, that's a huge yeah. title and um, you know huge property and yeah. Well, uh, that's good. They're yeah. learning. They're actually evolving. Yeah, yeah. And, and manga publishers were and obviously if, if, you know you know Viz is owned by three of the biggest manga companies in, in Japan. Manga uh, the U.S. fans have been criticizing uh, the Japanese uh, parent companies. Uh, you know, for not for dragging their feet on getting digital, uh, uh, he also said that they took down one of the manga scanlation sites. Now, uh, and then he said uh, he, he he didn't give me the name, but he said it was a, a sort of a feeder site because it put out so much manga that everyone could just pick up manga from it. So they have taken it down. You know, these things pop right back up afterwards. But uh, he says that uh, he feels that that the manga sales are maybe in. Uh, uh, we're at a time when we may see something rebound. In any event, uh, that's a little bit of manga news from uh, really probably the leading publisher of manga in North America. Um, any other thoughts? Um, I, yeah, think we, I think we covered it. So, yeah. Kate, got some briefs for us? BA, two do. thumbs up. So yes. on to the briefs. And here's some news that's not from BA. Jeff Kinney's Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Volume 7, The Third Wheel, We'll get an unprecedented 6.5 million copy print run, the largest for any book this upcoming year. Published by Abrams Comics Arts. And Midtown Comics is opening a new comics boutique in F.A.O. Schwartz Toy Store in Manhattan. And it will be selling graphic novels, hardcover books, clothing, and toys. Dave Sim... (laughs) <laughs> known for his comics, Sarah. Among other things, but yes, principally for his comics. Who, up until this point, has not been on the technological vanguard, has started a Kickstarter account, and has successfully raised $6,000 to create a digital version of his famous therapist storyline, High Society. Oh. And um, he's describing his project as... A high society combination ebook, audiobook, digital graphic novel, oral history, and weekly serialization. Didn't he like not have email for a while? He doesn't have email. He's just yeah. doing it through somebody else. Oh, yeah, because so. I tried. Well, I, I guess when he jumps in, he jumps in with both feet. Right? Remember, he was giving away books one time, and and but you had to mail him a letter. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to so. fax him and ask for Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> slowly but surely, we'll drag him into the twenty first <laughs> century. And speaking of slowly but surely. 
Uh, Tokyo Pop's most popular original English language manga, Bizengast, is coming back for its final volume to close out the series, Volume 8. And it will be coming out in partnership with What's Love to Tokyo Pop and The Right Stuff and digitally through graphic.link. With what's left of Tokyo Pop? I've I had to chuckle, but go on. Well, I don't know what else to call it. It's sort well, of the remnants of the yes, company. the residue of Tokyo Pop. Sure. The residue. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yes. And Alice the Grove. Sorry, Stu. <laughs> Sorry. Original <laughs> English language manga series, Amazing Gas, has been spun off into an art book, a coloring book, a novelization, animated shorts, merchandise, and a tabletop role-playing game. And now, finally, finally, uh, devotees will be able to get the final volume. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, her next book is coming out through Kickstarter. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Pretty soon it'll be the number one graphic novel publisher in the U.S., right. but, but go on. That's another story to come. And speaking of graphic novel publishers and anime and manga... Uh, New York Comic Con has announced that it and the New York Anime Festival will now officially be merging. Instead of being two different conventions with the same ticket going on at the same time, there will now officially be only one convention. Now, I mean, some of us thought that that, that it had already know, happened. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, now, I mean, okay, okay, uh, let me get to... Does this mean that there's not going to be an area in the, in the Javits that is like overwhelmingly manga and uh, no. otaku-oriented? No. no. So uh, how is it different than what they've that? been doing well, for the last two years? How do we know that? Uh, well, they're planning on still bringing... They said they're bringing sure. the same amount of anime programming, so they have yeah, to put it, it somewhere. Yeah, but programming could be... like Because the, the old one, there was that whole hall. I'm just spitballing here. But yeah. there, I'm just saying... At the before they had a whole hall that was given over to Anna. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would yeah, be the, the Crystal Palace on the upstairs yes, area, which yes, exactly. actually was a terrific right, venue for is, it. Yes, it was. But yeah. I'm just saying they can have programming. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have a dedicated area. Well, that's for what, that's well, kind of what I was asking. It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, but I don't see why they wouldn't because it was extremely popular. Yes, many it was people came for yeah. it. Yeah, well, why are people. they doing this? Well, I, apparently, okay. Originally, there were two separate festivals run by the same right, people. Exactly, and then. I guess they found that wasn't financially viable, so they decided to have them both put on the same time with the same ticket, but keep the separate names. I guess so they could keep the option of splitting the shows up again if they wished to sure. in the future. But it was successful enough last time that I think they've just decided to keep them together, and that it's silly to have two different names, so it's just going to be one entity, indivisible. <laughs> with liberty and, and uh, comics for yeah, all, and comics and, and, comics and, and, and merch for I all. Think yeah, we should change the name of this podcast to "And Comics for All." And comics for all. I kind of like that too. Uh, well, we can't. We, we can hardly wait for that <laughs> that festival to roll around. So, thanks for listening, and uh, more to come. More to come.